This is episode four of Unbottled, and today we're talking about acceptance. jump into today's episode i just want to mention we just had a great conversation about of all things french fries Um, we we have conversations like this before every episode we call them bottle openers and we want to say specifically if you subscribe to our spotify you will get that along with some additional bonus content that we're working on in the future just wanted to mention that before we kick off and i'm going to pass it to jordan i never introduced myself this is emmanuel by the way <laughs> aka i'm going to pass it to jordan for announcements Yo, what's up what's up uh so for our first announcement we have reached a hundred streams everybody give it up give it up Ooh. for a hundred streams yeah 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 yeah. uh we're there right now as well um by the way my name is jordan aka j rose i like to call myself uh or other people like to call me um we are also uh, responding to the Q&A uh, question that we have um, that we uh, often post at the end of our episodes. So if you listen to our episodes and you want to engage with us, feel free to answer those Q&A questions on Spotify. Uh, we'll also try to post those on our social uh, media as well, on Instagram uh, with a Q&A. That way people who don't listen to Spotify or might listen to us on other podcasting streams can uh, get that question uh, in on other ways. Um, we have an amazing, awesome, cool. I don't know any other words to describe Greg. <laughs> funny. <laughs> funny. Just full of life. Yeah, yeah. Joyous. Uh, joyous. But we have a special guest here. You want to introduce yourself to the public? I already Hailing said from, your name, though, but. Hailing from Jamaica. Oh, yeah. By the way, of Brooklyn, right. New York. Okay. Raised in All Texas. Right. The one and only, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Gregory Ball. Gregory Ball, Gregory aka Ball. Greg, Gregory right? Ball. Greg, yes. Greg. It goes Ball. by Greg. Um, I don't have an aka, like a cool name like everybody else. Yeah, you don't. And also, we we need real to real quick. We also need to introduce our other our other uh, castmate. I'm here too. I'm Danny. Um, he said, "I'm here too." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's involved, but. Uh, yeah. We also wanted to ask you the, the Q&A question that we asked uh, our viewers on the last episode. Uh, if you haven't got a chance to listen to it in security, uh, listen to it. But uh, our question that we asked them was, what childhood or adolescent experience or event do you think has had the biggest impact on your insecurities as an adult? I don't know about the biggest impact because um, there, there were several. There were a lot. <laughs> um, but I do notice um, that I am very particular about my nose. Mm. Um, not my actual nose, but like boogers. Um, because as <laughs> yeah, a story, just, just, okay. just watch. Were you the snotty nose kid? I wasn't, I wasn't. But here's the thing. It was in high school. I remember it was a biology class. Um, my friend had told me, you got a booger in your nose. You got Man, I was just like, okay, let me go ahead get a napkin and get up and go get it. And then she yelled out loud, <laughs> Greg got a bat in the cave. <laughs> I was oh just like, God. what did you do? 
<laughs> that hurts. Man. So now I'm just like, I'm I'm gonna ask you if you got a book in my nose. If, do, do, do I have a book in my nose? Do, 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 do I you, have right now? Not right now. I mean, uh, do I? No, no. <laughs> okay. no, don't nobody want to uh, your nose. So, like, I, I'm very self conscious about, like, oh my god, it's something tickling my nose. I got a book. Oh my god, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, more than usual, man. So, like, it's just like, and then part of that goes into but like betrayal and stuff, which is another you know episode. But we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go into that. Yeah. I remember you, uh, person. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Maybe that comes into unforgiveness. Like whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Cross that bridge when we get there. I like this guy. Where do we find him? <laughs> so funny to me. This man got a list. How we remember like very specific moments like that so are inconsequential to everybody else around us. She probably doesn't remember that. No. Yeah. That friend. I do. But you do. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it 15, 20 years later, however long it's been. I don't what he say. Bat Bat in the cave. Cave. <laughs> Well, well, appreciate you for uh, answering that that Q&A. Uh, yeah, and thanks for pouring out. Thanks for pouring out, brother. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to start talking about, you know, um, acceptance and what that looks like. Um, and I'll pour out first um, when it comes to that. I think for me, acceptance has always looked uh, different from uh, age to age or from stages to stages, as yeah. I would say. But so I would probably say when I first felt like true acceptance was probably around, you know, the 13, 14, 15 age, like adolescent age as well, just because um, that was when I started getting really into basketball. Uh, basketball became something that I was like, I, I love to do. Like anytime anybody was like, yo, let's go play basketball. I was like, I'm there no matter what time. Uh, and so for me, basketball became that, uh, benchmark of accepting like if I felt like I could be accepted on a basketball court I felt like I could be accepted anywhere um and so my friends that I had would always be like uh when I would get on the court they would always pick me first like I, I was the first pick so first round draft pick every time they'd be like yo Jay we got him and I always <laughs> felt like hey like I'm the first pick every time like it felt it felt good like it felt that like my skills, who I am as a person was like validated in that moment. I got the stamp of approval mm. from my friends or from the people that I had. And I really, really truly felt included by them uh, because it wasn't like they thought of me lesser than anybody else. It was like, man, like we like who Jordan is and we want him on our team, you know? Mm. Um, and basically they liked my athletic ability and so they're like, we want him. So for me, that was that was very huge. Um, also, like when I got into the group, um, my acceptance or how I felt needed to to display itself oftentimes came in the in the course of like wanting to be included in a lot of things. And so being that I was raised in a Christian home and had Christian values and wanted that to be seen, my friends saw that. Um, and so at the time they were like be cussing and, and doing all the, all sorts of things as a kid that you would do. And so me trying to get in, in, included in that, like I would try and they'd be like, dude, stop. Like, you don't, you don't cuss right. Like, and I'm like, what? There's a, there's a way. <laughs> there's a way? <laughs> there's a way to cuss. Uh, and so like, I'd be like, shoot, or, you know, like saying words like that or not shoot, but you know, sugar. Shoot was sugar a cuss word for you. <laughs> sugar, yeah. Shoot was a cuss word for me. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, 
I just I just pictured sorry real quick like in every like movie where there's like a high school bully or something like that. Yeah, he's always got like two or three buddies with him uh-huh. that aren't really about it, but they're just like his crew. Yeah, yeah, his crew. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're like, hey, you're a loser. Yeah, loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I just pictured. Yeah, no, that's that a, was that's, that's pretty. That's cussed. pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, he was one of them. I, I wasn't a bully. Like Jordan. I, just, I wasn't a bully. I wasn't a bully. Yeah. Okay. But he was well, to, to anybody who felt like I was a bully, I, I'm sorry, but I, I wasn't. I didn't try to be. Um, I really just wanted to feel like accepted by the group, uh, by, by my group of peers, by my by my peers, really. Um, and so whatever they did, I did. Um, almost to to a point where like um, I was in Boy Scouts for a little bit, and I decided to get out of Boy Scouts because my group of friends they weren't doing Boy Scouts. Like they were like mm. playing basketball or playing sports on the weekends. And so um, I was like, man, in order for me to hang out with them more often, like I can't be doing Boy Scouts. Like I can't be going to these like trips because they were taking trips every summer. And during the summer times, like that was when people were, my friends were going out and playing basketball every weekend and going to the courts and stuff like that. And so it's like, man, like if I do, you know, Boy Scouts, I can't do this, you know? Mm. Uh, so, I always just felt my acceptance, like I said, came from at an earlier stage, began, came from uh, came from my sporting events and things like that. I think now later in life, my acceptance has has, has transitioned and, and 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 more been from the idea of who, like I said, who God sees me as and being accepted by, you know, by that benchmark, not not a lesson, not so much so of my what I can do, you know from an outward standpoint um and so for me like i i try to allow that to be um where i find my acceptance from but earlier in life and even sometimes I mean, even sometimes now i would say i do fall into that um that manner of which to sometimes i find acceptance uh from um people pleasing because i'm a i'm a two so yeah. as a as a two like i'm i'm trying to do everything possible to uh be accepted by people mm. um and wanting them to see my worth and so i think that sometimes plays a plays a role into how i how i move now mm. um and so moving out of the adolescence into to how i am now it's like that too becomes some more somewhat of a uh a new thing that's added um, now that I now that I have a full understanding of what I was doing, you know, at thirteen, fourteen, man, and even earlier than that, but the people pleasing thing keeps coming up. Yeah, I think we've talked about it three episodes yeah. in a row now. Yeah, for sure. You know, how, it's interesting to see how these ideas of shame and security <coughs> and you know, acceptance, you know, which I would normally, I would maybe the counterpart of acceptance is rejection or something like right. that. So not perfectly parallel but still there's a, a through line you know for sure with people pleasing for all these things i was going to ask you you mentioned at the beginning that you felt like basketball was your gateway to acceptance not only just for on the court but also for the rest of life mm-hmm. um is that still the case now or was at what point did uh, that stop being enough to feel like you were able to be accepted elsewhere and quick note, Jordan is wearing a basketball jersey right now. <laughs> yeah, facts. Jason Kidd, turn up. Uh, I think I still, like, look for that, like, even on the court sometimes. Like, um, like when I go play basketball, oftentimes, like, I try to be that guy that I was 
back in the day and now like because I'm glory days. Yeah, the glory days type <laughs> deal. Uh and try to relive that glory days. Um yeah. but then I have to like slap myself in the face sometimes and be like, dude, like I'm I'm older. Like there's a lot of things that I I could do when I was younger that I can't really do now that I've, you know, I'm twenty nine. So it's like things I would be able to do ten years ago at eighteen, nineteen, I can't do or even beyond that, that mm-hmm. thirteen, fourteen, I can't really do those things anymore. You know? Yeah. And so I have to put things in perspective when oftentimes I'm not the first pick now. Like I would probably say I'm like third or fourth Ooh. on the on the on the list. But even so, um it's just like it's it's a harder I think now it's a harder pill to pill to swallow because that, that's what I used to look for. You know, I used mm-hmm. to look for that yeah that aspect of man, like that was where I felt included. And now I'm not, you know, not feeling that I'm not the first call that people have when they're like, oh, we're about to have a mm. team. We're about to have a, a group yeah. of people we're about to play basketball with. Jordan, we want you. You know, I'm normally like, hey, we have a team. You can join it if you want. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we, we like to have you. I mean, you know, we're you're, you're pretty good. But like now it's changed. So the dynamic of that acceptance, I had to learn that it's like I can't find my worth in that because or I can't find my acceptance in that value because if I if I do you know, things change and always can change. And so yeah, with that, it, I see, I have to adapt. I see parallels in my own experience. Like I was never an athletic guy, but um, I was always musically inclined. And so in middle school and high school, it was very, I'm not even sure that I was trying that hard. It just so happened that I was kind of like the first pick, you know, like you were saying, mm-hmm. And I noticed that throughout life, like, as time went on, I stopped being the first pick. But I learned to be okay with it if I was the first pick for a different thing. Mm, So I wasn't going to be the best singer or people's first choice for singing. But maybe I could be people's first choice for composing. Or maybe Mm. I could be people's first choice for just being, like, the self-sacrificial friend that you call on for this or that. You know, finding other areas. But I wonder, you know now that I'm saying it out loud, that it feels kind of like I'm always chasing after something um, to fill that hole of, you've mentioned worth, finding self-worth or acceptance, you know, from others. Yeah, and I feel like I'm always on that, I guess you call it rat race again, like I said, going back to my Enneagram, just because, like, I want people to know how much I care. Like, I always want people to know how much I care about them, no matter what I do. Um, And so even going back to like basketball, basketball for me was just like an outlet that I use to also help the fact of like getting to know other people from other, other ways, other backgrounds, you know, basketball is always that sort of key that I had to, to get to know people from no matter where they were, you can be playing out, you can play a street game and get to know people from different demographics and things like that. And so I used it Mm -hmm. as a way to, to just ingratiate myself um, with those type of people and also just like get to know them and, and also want to help them, you know? Mm. Um, and so for me, like I said, now it's morphed into like wanting to feel accepted by people on a, on a more. Do you guys, do you guys feel like, um, I feel like there's multiple aspects of this. Like we have an interpretive lens through how we see the world, mm-hmm. you know, based on our experiences or based on our kind of personalities. Yeah. And is acceptance one of those things where um, 
it's there more often than we realize? Or is it one of those things where it may not be there? And that's a, as, you know, as people, it's, that's a critical, like, growth point for us is learning how to exist in that space of not being accepted and still being okay. I want to say it's more of the second one, learning how to exist in a space and, and I guess, be okay, even with being different. I guess I'm tweaking yours a little bit, mm-hmm. but I actually remember when I was in college, I grew out, I drew out a Venn diagram. And for those that remember those little two circles, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, each got something and they join in the middle where the thing merges. And, um, in the middle circle, I had the word me mm-hmm. and then in the outer circles on the left, I had myself. Then on the right, I had other people. Right. So where the circles meet, mm-hmm. like there's my perception of me, then there's oh, right. other people, whatever they're doing and their perception of me. Right. right? Who is the real me, right? Like if I say I'm an honest person and let's say I actually am really honest, but for whatever reasons people perceive me as dishonest, mm-hmm. am I honest or am I what people perceive me as? I know it's kind of crazy. No, but- no, no. Th- that, th- I can't remember who the philosopher was. There was one guy who said, I am not who I think I am. Right. I am not who you think I am. Hmm. I am who you, who I think you, you think, think I, I am. That sounds like a Confucius thing. <laughs> it sounds like Confucius or it sounds like Mishus? It sounds like Mishus. It sounds like Emmanuel-shus. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, it does. Um, because the two words I would say is like unique and universal. So we're all unique in our experiences. But we connect to other people when we find out that our unique experiences are also universal. So like mm-hmm. if you're really alone and rejected if you feel ugly and overweight guess what literally a billion other people feel that way you know Mm. and that's i think maybe the reason we seek acceptance in certain certain types of social clubs is because we find uh, what they call your tribe you find kind of that group of your people especially if we're talking just friends maybe not business and things like that but just friends you find that group of people that might have the same skin color political views similar insecurities like oh I wear my hair this way and this is how I deal with my hair oh girl you know that too like you know like like little maybe superficial things that we feel like we struggle with but once we find out that somebody else struggles with them Mm -hmm. it's like oh my gosh I'm human you know because at a certain point especially if you go through your depression and anxiety and things like that life tends to isolate you and convince you that you're the only one who's struggling with whatever you're struggling with yeah. And that's probably when you're at your absolute worst, right? When you feel the most alone is when you're finally convinced nobody would understand, right? Yeah. Um, not to go too deep, but unfortunately, usually if somebody gets to the point of thinking suicidal-wise, one of the main things they probably think of themselves is, I can't tell anyone and nobody could save me because nobody would ever understand, mm. right? But if you could somehow unplug and get in a conversation with a person or a group of people, that are like, hey, either I've been through that or I totally understand that, and they could actually convince you that they do understand it, you would feel a little more human, a little less isolated. And um, whatever the thing is that's that's crushing you with rejection wouldn't seem as as heavy, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I want to say that's kind of a core thing because, um, like, Jordan's talked about sports, and there's a lot of metrics that people measure themselves on. Oh, I'm accepted, I'm not accepted. The last one I'll say is um, just living in America, uh, being an American or knowing that this country is full of immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. So there's always that debate of like, if the nickname is the melting pot, all the cultures come to melt. Mm. Yeah, right. Is like, there a yeah. cultural identity at that point? <laughs> yeah, but the cultural identity seems to be, people seem to still retain their ethnic cultural identity. So Latin mm-hmm. culture, even if people from Latin cult- countries or their 
grandparents or parents are from there, but they're from here, they still kind of tend to gravitate towards Latin culture, even though they're living in America. So the whole thing about melting pot, I've heard somebody say, well, it's really we're more of a salad. Like all the elements are together, but they're not melting together because we're still, there's still little pockets of Indians that live together, Italians that live together. And it's not all racial. I mean, we find identity through sports, through business accomplishments, through so many things, through the military, you know, our views on war, violence, our views on guns, our views on just general politics, you know, so... So, yeah, so acceptance goes really deep, you know, and, and I, I would generally speaking say a lot of people are running to find their tribe, even introverts, right? Like I'm introvert. I think at least half of us on this panel, if not all of us are introverts <laughs> on this panel, even introverts are happy when they find another introvert mm-hmm. who introverts like they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you like reading books by yourself too? I do too. Maybe we could read books by ourselves together. <laughs> right you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah even if even if, even if we're all at our own apartments but hey we're on reddit you know like right we want a discussion forum talking about the things level. that we nerd out about tv yeah, shows right, and right. things like that you know so do, do you yeah. think that going off the tribal acceptance do you mm-hmm. think that like people try to find their acceptance but i kind of like forced into that tribe or like do you think it's just like mm, that's a good question i think I think for the most part, it's an active, it's an active seeking mm. because maybe, and actually I'll turn this over to Greg in a second, because maybe the one, like your family might nurture you into a, hey, this is just what our family does, mm. right? right? And at that point, yeah, it is just a, hey, this is my environment. This is, a, this is a tribe that I just grow with and live with. And a lot of people might be like that, but a lot of people in life more or less kind of rebel and break away from an expectance or a norm, you know? And that's when the feelings of rejection really start to come in because it's like, oh, my first group of people tells me we go this way, we think this way. But I think differently. So now I have a choice to either keep honoring this group that I don't really feel a part of or be honest to myself, which unfortunately is going to mean I dishonor this group and my honesty is going and being with, you know, these group of friends that do this, going... uh, to join the military when all my friend when all my family says we're we're all anti-war mm-hmm. you know so just different mm-hmm. things like that so uh greg i'll kind of turn the discussion over to you um whoever you want to jump in you look like a deer in headlights <laughs> <laughs> what's the question one more time give me question. go ahead uh jordan give me your question i was saying do you feel um that people are sort of forced into like the tribes like and i would say on a sense like for example like if you are Republican or Democrat, right? Mm-hmm. Those are like two polarizing opposite sides of mm-hmm. a tribe, I guess. And mm-hmm. then like the people who sort of are in the middle sometimes are like kind of forced to be accepted. In order to be accepted by this group, I have to think mm-hmm. this way. In order for me to be accepted by this group, I have to like think yeah. this way, you know? And so, but you find yourself in the middle, but you want to be accepted by the people that are around you. So in order to think like them or in order to be in- accepted by that group, you tend to be like forced to think a way that, or so forced you, to do something or forced to be in a situation where you're like, you're like oh, this isn't really me, but in order to be excited by this group, I, I guess I have to conform. conform. Or yeah. like culturally, like because we do things culturally different than this group, I have to do it this way, right. you know? So anyways. I mean, it just depends on the situation. What is that person willing to do, give up, compromise, to be accepted? Um in that group is 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 the group 
worth being in, I guess. Uh, it just. Well, yeah. what about what about if you just speak personally for your story? Like, if you want to go back, think about people you hung out in high school or even in adult life, or most oh. of your social circles. Like, I sought these out. This is, or I had to change my whole pace of yes, life. Yes, definitely. Because okay. um, in choir, there was a lot of. I mean, I grew up in an urban area, but there was a lot of, you know, high-siding, joking, roasting, and stuff like that. That really wasn't my scene. Mm. But in order for me to be liked by these groups of people in in choir, like, I had to change to the roaster or, like, okay. change to... So that's where it comes the from. The funny... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think that is where it comes from a little bit. But I think, I, I mean... Part of it is my personality that, like, kind of blossomed in high school. But then there was part of it was just like, this is really not, this is not really me. I don't. Okay. I'm actually the one that gets made fun of. I don't want to be the person that makes fun of people. Mm-hmm. You know okay. what I'm saying? Um, I mean, now, if I did make fun of y'all, that, y'all are my friends, so I don't care. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but, you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's really... If it's like a person that I don't know and stuff like that, and it's just like, no, that's not that's not who I am, and I don't want to be that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. it's interesting because the way we've been talking about it makes it sound like the yearning for acceptance or the drive to feel accepted is a powerful force enough to make us do things or or encourage us to do things that we would otherwise be like really yeah averse to doing. Oh. Yeah. And that feels like it's connected to the idea of community and connection. You know, I think that, I don't know why in the last month or so, I've been really delving into the concept of um, relationship and um, kind of that innate attribute that I think is a divine thing, kind of uh, that's how God functions. and, And that's part of why we exist to relate to him, you know, to have that friendship, that intimacy with him and that we're built that way. And you see that in Adam and Eve's story, which we talked about uh, last episode too, or a couple episodes of shame when we Mm talked about shame, you know, Adam and Eve and how there's this, um, this is a very good thing that is critical to our, our being to want to connect and feel, you know, um, secure in that relationship with other people. Yeah. But the other side of the coin is that it's it being so fundamental to how we act, it can be a driving force to, you know, going really off the rails in life to try to find it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which yes. is kind of goes back to what I was asking earlier. It's kind of like, is that one of those things where we kind of have to, as a growth point, learn to find acceptance in our relationship with God, which is hard. <laughs> Because the relationship that we have with God is n- nowhere near as tangible exactly. as it is with yeah. you're sitting right across yeah. from me, E or Jordan, you know, Greg. Mm-hmm. It's finding acceptance from y'all guys is much more evident than it would be from finding it with God, whose voice I don't hear, whose yeah. connection is, you know, it's a di- it's it's a di- different plane, you know. Right. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Because Greg, did I cut you off? No, no, I'm okay. Thinking. I was gonna say that's interesting because a couple weeks ago I listened to an interview with the CIA agent, and mm-hmm. he was breaking down. He's retired, so he's breaking down all his experiences and kind of putting on different identities and things like that. And the interviewer was asking him 
you know, just of all the things he's seen in his travels and his kind of espionage missions and stuff, like yeah. more or less asking about crazy things. And you can imagine, you know, a government agent or somebody who's kind of in somewhat military type branch has traveled the world and seen all kinds of crazy things, right? And this is a mostly secret organization, so it's things that probably we couldn't even imagine, right? So he was like, well, you'd be surprised. So the agent said, you would be surprised um, out of everything I've ever seen, the thing that has shocked me the most about people is people's extreme need for attachment, mm. people's need to be connected mm. to other people and the lengths they will go and the things they will put up with just to be attached to another person or another group of people. And um, made me think about, I think he might even use this, but it made me think a little more about like, say, a uh, abusive relationship or an abusive family environment, right? Yeah. Where on the outside looking in, we would be like, we would look at that person, maybe somebody who's dating a, a toxic partner, yeah. and we would look at them and say, how could you ever put up with that person? How would anybody in their right mind put up with that person, right? right? But what's happening in the in the person who's being abused, part of what's happening in their psyche probably is um, that person gave them something, mm. right? That person was beneficial to them in some way and accepted them in some way, you know? Like, oh, he might speak to me negatively, he might do X, Y, Z, or she might treat me this way or that way negatively, but at least this, right. at least they give me this, at least yeah. they make me feel this, you know? And the, the positive thing they're staying for might not even be all that positive, but just that one little bit of I'm with somebody because everybody else, like family might be on, on the other side saying, you know, leave that person, get out of mm -hmm. that situation. Like we want you to be free. We want you to be happy, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, it's like Stockholm syndrome. The person almost couldn't even picture themselves away from their captor because being away from their abuser means I'm now suddenly alone, oh, which is it seems to be that's one of the last things most people want is to actually completely be alone, you know? Let me ask you a question. So you said um, with God it's harder to feel accepted because yeah. it's very easy for us to say this human is accepted. Tangible. Because yeah. it's tangible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, if we are to lean on the spiritual side and say I'm accepted by God, what, I guess, um, how would it compare? Like, what, what... What does that look like in a healthy way, like yeah. in a Christian yeah. way? Um, like, what does acceptance look like? I'm asking because I'm I'm going through this right now. Acceptance from, like, yeah. from God. Mm. Well, I mean, I I'm reminded again of the story I shared in episode one, which was uh, of Elisha in Second Kings, when you know um, you've got Elisha and his servant, and his servant sees you know, an army forming around him mm -hmm. to end their lives. And Elisha being connected with the spirit is seeing a very different reality. And that's influencing the way that he is functioning in the moment. And um, the reason why I'm reminded of that is because I feel like there's a need for constant um, reevaluation re because I feel like we are very blind Mm -hmm. um, it's one of our obstacles mm -hmm. in this life is spiritually we're we're quite disabled yeah um, not completely you know we have some something some sense of what's there spiritually there's this other dimension that exists that we have some minor connection to right now mm -hmm. but um on the day-to-day -day, if we are not um practicing seeing you know we'll lose sight of what's really happening 
and I don't know practically what it looks like because I'm not, I don't feel like I've had much success worth raving about in terms of finding acceptance with God myself and getting to a point where I'm okay existing in any situation despite how um, grievous it might be, you know. Um, but I feel like that's probably where the answer lies is just continually practicing um, seeing differently. And when I say I'm seeing is a metaphor, and I think practically what that might look like for me is um, constantly, um, you know, interestingly enough, do you guys know what the word meditate means in the original Hebrew? Have you ever heard any pastor or preacher talk about it? Nope. Um, it's literally the word for uh to chew mm, like okay. the way oh, that a cow like yeah. regurgitates food yeah. to reach you and reach you and reach you yeah and the the in the in the hebrew language in that time frame it's used as a as a way of referring to saying something over and over again right just repeating it literally on the lips mm. so it's very interesting because the the con the modern concept of meditation that we have is more influenced by kind of Eastern ideas, which is just thinking, like yeah. deep in thought, mm -hmm. or or maybe practicing no thought, you know, yeah. that kind of idea. But from a biblical standpoint, meditation is just saying something over and over again, like literally out loud, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so, scripture memory has a very different connotation in light of that. That it's literally just saying something out loud over and over again. Yeah. And I think that there's the reason why that came to mind is because when I'm thinking about how do I practice seeing the spiritual reality mm -hmm. instead of just the physical or the emotional reality right. that I'm experiencing is by one of the tools I think may be um, speaking the truth out loud until I see it that way, you know, um, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Another thing that I thought about was just like a part of acceptance is relatability to the, I guess, the tribe mm. or something. Yeah. So one thing that I, I'm really struggling with right now is even though the Bible says this, he says uh, that Jesus was tempted in every way. Mm -hmm. Um. Really, Jesus? <laughs> like, were you tempted the way that I'm tempted right now? Mm. Um, and it's hard for me to believe that. That's why I feel like I'm not accepted because okay. I can't relate to to Jesus's perfection, even though he was tempted. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I, it's just like it's hard for me to. Y'all know what I'm saying, though, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think I haven't thought about it long enough to have a credible opinion but i'm kind of inclined to believe that when it says he was tempted in everything it doesn't mean he was tempted in every literal way that we could be tempted but more so kind of what you were talking about earlier that our our experiences are unique and universal mm. that he experienced all the same universal temptations that we might be experiencing even though the circumstances may be different so Ooh, i even think like Go ahead. Oh no, you. I have a really good thought on that. But go well, ahead. Well, I'm just thinking, you. like, you know, century by century, the world is experiencing new problems that 
could not have existed. I think about right. the digital revolution is on right. my mind a lot these days. You know, young generation, us and younger are struggling with new problems related to the internet the exception, and the, the social media for social media acceptance and yeah. things like that of having yeah. you know jesus didn't deal with the social yeah, media I'm, pressure my god <laughs> he had 12 yeah. followers but <laughs> he didn't have a thousand <laughs> <laughs> well did he that's a good that's a good, that's a good <laughs> I, I love it i just thought about that i mean he had a, th- he had, he had a thousand you know people that followed him but were they really followers you know? right yeah so jesus didn't struggle with everything in that sense but if you boil down everything you know the the root of what he's experiencing is the same root of what you're experiencing you right. know yeah but it takes practice of learning how to identify like i mean we're talking about mental health a lot on this podcast right yeah. so when i'm thinking about practically what it looks like to be in good mental health in terms of these things i would think this is a good opportunity for us to um practice exploring what our circumstances are and what the the deepest root of our problem actually is. Yeah. You know, because the internet's not my problem. Porn's not my problem. It's deeper. It's the things that yeah. we're talking about, acceptance or shame. You know, these are, these are the yeah. things that are really the issues, you know. What was, what was that thought you had? I, oh, go ahead. Oh, go I want, I want, I'm, no, I'm, I haven't forgotten. Greg already said no <laughs> I'm me. sorry. Yeah. I just, this, these are things that I've been thinking about lately. So, I'm not going to go deeply into it, but I've been getting on dating websites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this, it's kind of like it gives you superpower to like reject or accept somebody in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> um, you get to say, no, I don't like them yeah. based on this and this and this. Swipe left, swipe right. Or, exactly. Yeah. So, um, there is a strong possibility that you may be rejected multiple times, multiple mm-hmm. times. Yeah. It may not be because your looks. Now they can leave voices on voice messages on there. Oh, really? Yeah. It may be because of your voice or like, oh, you, <laughs> you believe in this? Oh, no. You smoke yeah. this? Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But wait, like, so you ain't got no dog in your picture? Yeah. Wait, swipe left. Like, so, so wait. <laughs> you said people could leave voice feedback? Yeah, vo- yeah. Well, voice, voice not not voice feedback, but they can on their profile have voice messages. Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, okay. Talk about Hinge. I'm talking about Hinge. Yeah. <laughs> no, I thought sorry, like I, voice I thought, feedback. Yeah. Like I didn't like your profile. Yeah, because, that's what I, thought. <laughs> I was like, oh man, no, just but, for future feedback, yeah, so that man. you know, future feedback. Just don't. trying to help you out. Yeah, yeah. but me, um, I hate rejection. I, of course, everybody does, but uh, <laughs> rejection is not good with me, mm-hmm. and I've been getting rejected. And um, I was like, dang, this hurts. Um, but just thinking about what Jesus said, it's just like, all who the Father brings to me, I will never turn away. He literally said that I will never reject you if you come to me. Yeah. Why do I not believe this? Like, why is this, why is this the thing that I, it's, it's, ah, it's, it's frustrating because the God of the universe is saying like, bro, like I, I swear right on everyone. Like, I, right? I, exactly. It's yeah. like, yeah. I'm here. I accept you. Like, there's, I made you. Like, there, there's yeah. nothing in between us anymore. Like, I, I accept yeah. you. But why am I willing to lower my standards, mm-hmm. take out all of my morality, mm. you know, and, and, and just 
sacrifice everything that I know for somebody to like me or like how I look yeah. or like how, you know, I talk or think that I'm man enough or think that I'm this enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what is what is that? Yeah. Like, why is that there? Idolatry. That's the word that comes to mind. I think, yeah, I think it's just like you wanting to have the acceptance of others and not being okay with the acceptance of you at a baseline level. Yeah. So for me, it's like being being okay with accepting not just the things that I do well, but also the things that I don't do well. You know, the things that I really fall short of. And right. But it, looking at it and saying, God, you accept all of that. You yeah. accept the good and the bad. Because what I tend to run into when I when I go on the opposite side, it's because I'm looking for people to accept like everything of me, you know what I mean? The good and the bad. And so when I do yeah. the bad and they don't accept the bad, then I'm looking at them being like, well, why don't you accept me? Because right. you said that you, you accept the good of me, but it's the moment that I choose or moment that I step into the bad side of myself, you don't mm. accept that part of me. Or out of or, the boundary that they created. Yeah, that, yeah. Or yeah. the boundary that they have that they don't accept. And so for me, I mean, that that we'll, we'll get into that more when you talk about dating relationships, but I've seen a lot of that just in dating when it was, hey, I've done a lot of positive net positive things mm-hmm. and a lot of net positive things that contributed to your life. Right. But the one thing that I've done negatively, that was the point where you're like, oh, no, 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 that's too much. I don't accept that. Right. Like I reject you and then I'm going to, you know, go a- opposite way based on that. And so that was a hard pill for me to swallow being like, man, like why do they not accept that versus yeah. looking at myself being like, hey, you know, that's just a part of myself. And if they can't accept that for me yeah. or if they can't, be okay with that for me then that then that's fine that that's just who i am yeah and again i have to like you said like meditate on on the word day like it says meditate on the word day and night. i have to mm-hmm. to to know that i have a new identity so the old the old ways of how people might look at me or think about me or see me are dead like mm-hmm. that that like i have a new identity in christ and so my my identity doesn't look as so much of all my negative it's very much in the net positive when you look yeah. at yourself, you know, yeah. according to how God sees you, because he doesn't see you in that light anymore. He sees you as he sees Christ. And so, like, that's how I have to look at it. But it's hard. I'm not going to sit up here and say, like, that's just a magical, like you said, more pill, like you push and everything's changed. Yeah. It, it uh, you have to, you have to re- meditate, you have to renew your mind. You have to get into a space to where you're repeating these things over to yourself in order for you to accept yourself. <laughs> uh, because if you don't accept yourself, then how are other people going to accept you when you don't necessarily accept everything about yourself and say, okay, for me, it's like I have like anger issues and I get, you know, and so it's like, hey, how can I accept myself with my anger issues knowing that, okay, these don't define me and I have I have the power according to the whole spirit to fight these sort of aspects of my anger issues. But that's, that is a part of me. That is something that Definitely. I have to navigate in this world with that, knowing that that's a, that, that I might struggle with that. I um, mean, as, as I think it's Paul that says, like the thorn in my side might be this sort of thing, but let me allow this thorn in my side to push me toward the, towards the cross or towards you, you know, God more than it pushes me towards I just want somebody to see me and I want them to accept me right. flaws and all, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Anyways. I wanted to tie in my connection and my experiences in 12-step recovery, but I know that he's been sitting on <laughs> a thought okay. <laughs> for All 10 right. minutes now. So you, You're going to remember yours if I... Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. good. All right, so um, I want you guys to put a quick uh, book note, I don't know, a little bookmark on, mm-hmm. he said magical pill and temporary fix. Okay, so I'll come okay. back to that. I want to go way back to answer Greg's question of comparing the tangible relationship of human beings to the intangible, but what's supposed to be a powerful relationship with God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, once you guys got to talking about romantic relationships, I think it, you guys answered what I'm about to say in a lot of ways, but I think it spoke so much because that seeking of romantic relationship, intimacy, physical connection, sexual connection, uh, I think it speaks so much to our core desires, what we want for ourselves and how we seek to get in other people. And it speaks to what we don't like about ourselves and how we seek to get validation about that from other people as well, too. So as far as why is it hard to have this amazing, fulfilling, tangible relationship with God, but it's so easy to seek out humans, even if that's not really something good or beneficial, is because in humans, we get a temporary fix or a magical pill for something very specific. So that specific thing could just be a sexual urge or it could be I don't feel beautiful. I don't feel attractive, right? Mm -hmm. So the moment we can find somebody who dates and maybe wants to sleep with us or spend money on us, buy us nice things, they're fixing temporary things about us that momentarily convince us that, oh, I am beautiful. This guy liked my picture. He liked Mm -hmm. my profile. This guy's willing to buy me nice clothes. This person I'm dating compliments me, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in the moment, romance literally is defined as that kind of like, illogical, irrational, blissful, magical feeling of, oh my gosh, right? And that's why it's the biggest topic in every Hollywood movie. What do you see? Romance. Romance. Because we desire so strongly to be accepted and to be validated in these little temporary kind of magical ways that feel really good in the moment. But again, they don't speak to bigger issues, which you already touched on earlier, Danny, when you said it's basically about getting down to the root like Jesus might not have been tempted in all these specific things, but he was tempted in root issues, mm-hmm. right? That's true. So uh, Greg's speaking way earlier to some of the stuff you might you might have said earlier. We mentioned dating apps, right? The thing you might not be believing is like, do you believe that you're loved? Do you believe that you're attractive? Right. Let's just say those are two base level questions, right? right? And on the dating apps, it might be. Um, you get somebody, you, you go on a date, everything like that, you get into a relationship, so you let that convince you, oh, I'm loved because somebody actually dated me, right? Right. But if you were to go back to your relationship with God and creation, and this could be for Christians or even not Christians, like a lot of people who are not Christian or religious will say things that are more general, like, oh, the universe, right? So let's just say you believe in yourself as a creation from the universe, right? Mm. Do you believe that you are a lovable creation? Do you believe that you are beautiful? Because first deciding that first is going to set the foundation of the rest of how you operate. So if you already don't believe that you're lovable, if you already believe you're unattractive, you're going to go look for temporary fixes in another human being to fill that gap, that big creation gap. It's a foundation gap that you believe was already there at creation. Man, I'm just ugly, man. I don't Mm -hmm. have anything going for me. I'm a loser. And you believe it down to the core of your creation. But now you're going to another human being who's also imperfect and flawed to say, hey, fill this gap. Make me lovable. 
mm. right? Yes. Then mm-hmm. once they break up with you, it's suddenly, wow, I could never be loved. I'll never love again. Right. Why? Because you put the stock in the temporary fix, whereas the relationship with God could have, like a, like a right, healthy relationship with God and your creator could have um, set your correct foundations to say, I'm beautiful. Because like Danny said, if you're chewing on the word, if you're chewing on the Christian foundation of the word, the Bible speaks to all of us in, in scripture about how we're beautiful, how we have certain um, fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all those things. We have all those things inside us. We've been gifted all those things. If we're connected to God, if we, are, if we walk in accordance to how God set a foundation for us, but we usually don't. And then we end up needing yeah. <laughs> yes. temporary yeah. fix. True that. Well, I know for me, um, we've talked a lot about community and the, how, you know, the idea of connection and this innate yearning for being connected is parallel with this idea of acceptance. Mm-hmm. And I know in my, uh, in the last couple of years, I've had a lot of experiences with a 12 step recovery group. Um, I'm a recovering sexual addict. And, um, one of the things that I noticed within the first six months of being there was just how fundamental that model was for breaking down some of the like deeply rooted false beliefs that I was functioning out of for, for years, you know? And what I mean by that is like, I think that the line between um, like how much control I have of my beliefs is changed for me in my opinion over the years. When I say that, I mean like I don't think belief is simply I believe this Mm -hmm. belief, you know. I think it's more like continually showing a little bit of faith in something to experience it over and over again until you learn the truth about, you know, until you kind of grow that belief or until maybe God is the one who's like building that belief up in you. You're just showing up, you know, to make that happen. And for me, that was um, this showing up for this, this group. I think that, you know, shame is a, a lifelong struggle I've had up to this point. And, that's connected with this idea of um, that I would innately be rejected by others if they knew the truth about who I am and what I've done. Mm. And so what I've noticed has taken a real big chunk out of that false belief in my mind over the last two years is practicing showing up to this group over and over again and taking the step of faith to share, again, I messed up. <laughs> I messed up. And after two years of that, you know, that gets, it gets scary until it stops being scary because you realize that there's a precedent in place now for I can, I can be completely vulnerable about what I'm feeling or what I'm experiencing, what I've done, and they still don't kick me out, you know, and they still don't, you know, look at me with shameful eyes or disappointed gazes, you know, Mm. and, um, but it only happens by practicing that little bit of faith to keep showing up, Mm -hmm. not only just to showing up in the room and sitting in the circle, but also showing up and sharing, vulnerably participating, Mm -hmm. even though there's this barrier of fear and anxiety that, 
well, if I really share how I'm experiencing life these days or what I'm doing, you know, this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I share all that because I feel like um, that uh, experience is, for me has been incredibly helpful um, for, we haven't mentioned the word unconditional yet, I don't think, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's in the room. Um, yeah. That we're looking for, we're looking for that acceptance and from the world and from other human beings it's always going to be conditional unfortunately i mean even even between us like we're continually practicing being more like christ but like we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to do that for each other you know there will be at some point in a small way in a large way you know where you break a condition of mine and there's a barrier between us an obstacle or vice versa but with God, it's not like that. I mean, I love the scripture that you mentioned earlier about, no, I won't turn away anybody mm-hmm. who comes to me. You know, his, his acceptance and his love is unconditional. Um, but I also think that God, you know, uses other people to demonstrate things like that to us too. Because for me, that was, that's been my recovery group, is kind of learning that there is a community of people that... Um, you know, hasn't up to this point, at least, yeah. demonstrated that there's a condition and to I think, my acceptance. I think you pointed out a, a huge thing for just men in general. I think it's hard for us to um, to, to to do it by committee. I think because we want to, you know, have that sort of, at least for me, at least, it's like I want to have that sort of male bravado of like, man, I'm strong. I can deal with this. I can move yeah. on. I can handle this on my own. I can... Um, if I go to the other guys, like, I don't know if they'll be struggling the same things. Like you said, just the, the, yeah. the thoughts that you can kind of tell yourself. And so I think, like you said, just, just showing up and being, being honest and being vocal to the other brothers around you that know that you're like, that you're surrounded. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the lies that we tend to believe is like, like you said, E, um, that we can pretend that we're alone in a lot of aspects to where we get to that, you know, suicidal thoughts because i've had those like i've had those suicidal thoughts where i've been um alone so much deeply to where i'm like man like nobody gets me nobody understands nobody knows nobody's gonna nobody's gonna feel where i'm i'm at nobody's gonna accept me because of all these different things that i've done versus like you said in a very healthy way showing up to those things and being like hey i'm gonna be open to the community of people that are around me knowing that as i'm vocal that I feel the support surrounded by that. Um, and so I just, I, 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 I very hit well with that. Cause I just think, like I said, just as, as men in general, that needs to be more of a, something that we do because we don't live our lives very communally. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause again, like I said, I think it, it, we want to come off as, man, I just want to be, I want to, I want to, I want to be strong through this. I want to, I want to show that like I can get through it and I'm good and on my own when we're not been on our own. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, statistics show it like, you know, we like men are the highest, you know, rate in successful suicides. And so like mm-hmm. that shows okay. that, <laughs> that we ain't good, you know, just depending on ourselves, you know what I mean? And, and, and God doesn't want it that way either. I think that's why, you know, multiple times in scripture it says, you know, bear another, bear another one is 
another one's burdens um, so that you might f- find freedom and find find peace in that so it's like you know i think it's 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 uh it's pivotal that we we as men just begin to that to have that 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 community um and to rely on that and so that, that's just beautiful i i really like resonate with that mm. because if we would learn that begin to to learn that like you said there's there's acceptance in sharing uh especially it needs to be more and even in the christian community like we need to be more like open and accepting of like man like I, going through that that's hard and hearing people just listening you know what i mean no need for response no need for like i need to fix this but just being like hey i hear you i'm i'm here with you i'm here mm-hmm. to walk with you speaks more volumes than how can i fix the problem Mm. How, it's just how can I accept you for you right now, knowing that you know yeah. I'm not the one that's fixing anything. So, anyways, yeah, I, I wish um, like how like sometimes people uh, fantasize about superpowers, like oh you know if I could have any superpower I could fly or something like that. Or yeah. uh, one you always hear is like to tell the future, be able to tell the future, stuff like that. Uh, if I could wish for a superpower for everybody, it would be that everybody could see the root problem of whatever they're doing, right? So if I'm trying to jump into a certain group and get acceptance from that group, what am I really doing here? Mm. Oh, okay, I'm doing this because I hate myself. You know, I know that's really blunt, but <laughs> I know that's extremely blunt, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like yeah, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if, yeah, if in everything that we do, if there was some kind of unhealthy core motivation, I wish we could just see it as black and white as possible because in a way, we, we kind of do have that power, but it's usually hindsight where mm. after a situation's over, maybe a breakup, maybe you're no longer part of an organization or you've left Frankly, that church yeah. or what years later, you could be like, wow, I was really people just people pleasing at that time. But at that time, you would have told yourself, oh, this is exactly what I need to do. This is the job I need to take, you know, but then in retrospect, you know, so I, I just I guess the, the word is just awareness. I just wonder what the world would be like if everybody was just hyper aware of what they're doing at a heart level and a mental level rather than a superficial level. Go ahead. I feel bro. like people know not every, I mean, not obviously, like it takes work. But then some people mm-hmm. I, I'm going to put myself in that category because I'm very self-aware. Mm-hmm. I know why I'm doing stuff. But like like you said, it goes back to belief. Like, do you do you actually believe that you are loved by Christ? Do you actually believe that you are accepted? Um, I think that's the struggle of a Christian. Like, mm. do you do you believe what Jesus says? Like, yeah. Do you trust Jesus? That's the question. And even maybe some little instances yeah. of when you know you know the right thing, like you right. know the root reason, but you know you're actually denying it anyways because yes. whatever momentary thing that you want at that moment is worth more than whatever you you will I'll deal with the consequences later, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling with that right now. Thanks for joining us right now. <laughs> nah, it's real though. Like you're just like I I'll deal with the like the consequences later and and the consequences and you can even tell yourself I'll deal with the big consequences later. You yeah. Know? When they come and you're like, what? And then the consequences come. You're like, why did I? Yep. And we met with <laughs> I, cannot, I definitely could not deal with that. What you know. Yeah. Uh, so now nah, I just, I really just, I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation just about that, just to open that door and to start to um, get the minds of people thinking of acceptance and what did that look like, and also 
you know, I know we haven't talked about it. Well, we probably did talk about it in positive ways, but just get some your thoughts on. We talked about your positive way of community. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody have any other thoughts or just like? On community in general? Oh, no, just on positive ways that we can look for acceptance. I know we talked about scriptural, spiritual acceptance, and that's a positive way for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. And I know we talked about, you know, talking with others and finding other, finding community. Um, I think it goes back to um, what Danny was talking about with uh, Celebrate Recovery. Um, part of the faith process in that was being willing to be vulnerable mm. and taking a risk. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is a risk. It's it's a risk. Yeah. Because whenever you are trying to present yourself to a group or some type of tribe, um, there's always a risk that you either going to be found out like you fake, bro. Like <laughs> you're yeah. not about this life. Or like you actually, oh my gosh, we don't agree with that and you're shunned out or like, mm-hmm. it's just like whatever, you know what I'm saying? Conditions that you don't meet. Um, there's always a risk. There's always a risk of projection. Yeah. Um, but a, that faith walk in, in that process of um, being accepted by a group or even, even somebody that you're trying to get to know on a deeper level being accepted by that person, vulnerability is key. Like, there's, um, I mean, it's not promised that all of us are going to be accepted by everybody. No. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a risk. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well. Appreciate the discussion, guys. Appreciate you having having me on, having you on, Greg. Excuse me, I can't even talk right now. Appreciate yourself having yourself on. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, Greg, for gracing us with your presence and uh, talking about this. Uh, we want to just say we're going to have a Q&A question at the end um, that we want to look out for. Um, Danny, you got any more? Uh, uh, more I did want to share that um, we'd love uh, if you guys enjoy uh, what we're talking about or how we're talking about it, um, you know, follow us on your platform of choice so that you get notified of when we drop new stuff and um, also share it with somebody. Definitely you know? share. Share it to your friends. Share it to your family members. Share it to whoever you yeah. might think that this might be beneficial to. Share it all the way around. And uh, leave a review, you know, if uh, if you've enjoyed what we're doing or uh, maybe you've got some constructive criticism for us or some feedback, how we can improve. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, other than that, um, follow us on social media. We've got uh, fully functioning TikTok, Let's YouTube, go. IG accounts, uh, all at unbottled underscore pod. So at unbottled underscore pod. So, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, I've enjoyed the conversation and I look forward to seeing what we talk about next. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been great. See y'all later. Greg, don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, he won't come back.